Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I am Jason Kong here with the man himself, Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you today? <laughs> Good morning, Jason. I'm doing okay. I hope you are. It's amazing that we're sitting here and we're looking at the last weekend in April, May Day, Sunday. Uh, so here we are. It's spring. Life is good. Um, I think lots of us are thinking uh, at least, you know, we've been confined for a couple years. It's time to get out. Uh, some of us uh, will be going to the beach. Others will be taking that trip we've been planning for two or three years. Uh, but it's clearly a time when uh, there's a lot of what I call pent-up frustration and uh, folks are spreading their wings and ready to fly. <laughs> They're certainly ready to get out and, as you said, enjoy some of the things that they've been missing out on for the past few years. Uh, no question about it. I mean, the, about the only uh, good thing is there are an awful lot of us who, who uh, have been saving our money because we didn't have anything to spend it on for the last couple of years because we had to stay put. When, weren't going out to the restaurants like we would normally do. Uh Hadn't been uh, traveling very much, if any. Uh, most of us have been staying staying put, you know, uh, particularly those of us who are uh, a little more concerned about the potential of, of, of being uh, sick, um, you know, and, and, of course, with all the restrictions and like. But, but it looks like uh, we're rounding that corner, and, uh, of course, there's always... Uh, doesn't mean there's no risk out there. We, we still need to, to continue to take precautions. But at least I know, at least for myself, that uh, one of the um, after effects or the effects of all of this uh, precaution over the last couple of years, I've been healthier than ever the last couple of years, <laughs> which, you know, it's the kind of thing where... Um, uh, you know, because we are doing things that um, help us stay healthy, you know, uh, whether it's wearing masks, but it's also using hand sanitizer regularly, washing our hands uh, more often, if you will, all of which are good, healthy practices. And, and, and quite frankly, I those are practices that we should continue to use. Uh, I mean, most people would say, well, weren't you doing that before? <laughs> but the fact is, is that I think all of us are more aware. And, um, and even if we were perfect before, we're more perfect today because we're, we're actually utilizing those practices better. Um, you know, that's not to say that our wife uh, won't get on our case about not doing what we should do, but we are better at it. So that's, um, you know, that's a good thing. Um, okay, so now this morning, um, what a, one of the things that I would like to, to start off with is just talking about one of the maybe the biggest problem that most of us have when it comes to planning. And of course, uh, pl this uh, can be any kind of planning, but of course the 
planning that I focus on is estate planning, asset protection, uh, and and the like. That's what this show's about. And so, but you know, the fact is, is that the majority of Americans have no estate planning at all. In fact, the majority of Americans have no savings either. And it's sort of like, well, if you have no savings, why why have a plan, <laughs> right? But but. Uh, um, it's astounding that folks don't get documents where they can make health care decisions for each other, financial decisions for each other. Now, obviously, you have to have a trusted person. Often that's your spouse. Sometimes it's a a child or a sibling uh, or a parent, you know, depending on what age bracket you're in. and so, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's pretty sad. And, of course, the other thing is is that, well, I'll ask you, how, for those folks who have actually gone to an attorney and done planning, have certain documents in place, how often do you think those folks have that work reviewed? Boy, not often. I'd say, are you asking for a time frame? Yeah. Okay. This is a test. All right. Uh, I'm trying to dig into my memory banks. The the number 10 years is is popping into my head. No, you fail. You fail miserably. Um, Actually, the number is almost 20 years. It's a little over 19 years. Wow. That's, um, and the fact is, is that in a 20 year period, Lots and lots and lots and lots of things change for us. Uh, children grow up, people die. Uh, our, you know, it, uh, our financial picture changes dramatically within a 20-year period. Um, and, and the fact is is that uh, you know, 20 years is not quite often enough. Now, obviously, that's a very self-serving statement coming from an estate planning attorney that's saying, shame on you. <laughs> but the fact is that um, when significant things change, and sometimes e- even when our situation hasn't changed dramatically, the laws change dramatically around us, uh, which uh, makes for a very different proposition. And I'll, and I'll give you a really uh, good example. Back in the 90s, you know, mid-90s, late 90s, um, uh, a state tax uh, was a very um, greedy lady, if you will, um, and it applied to many, many middle-class families. Uh, and, and quite frankly, a state tax back then, I mean, and I was doing tax planning back then, and almost everybody needed a state tax planning because the exemption was only $600,000. And then it went up to a whopping $675,000. Can you believe it? And so families that had some wealth, uh, and this was just about every middle-class family was either in that category or approaching that category, had an estate tax issue. So Back then, what did planners do? 
we did what we call AB tax planning. In other words, we created an irrevocable trust at the first death to use up an exemption that one person had so we could make sure that we had double exemptions for the family. And of course, with estate tax, it's all about reducing or eliminating taxes for the children. But back then, you even had the potential of tax for a spouse, uh, which, of course, we don't have today. And, and guess what the exemption for estate tax is today? This is part it's, of your test. It's huge. Um, upwards Correct. of $10 million. Well, okay. We won't for a married you, couple. Uh, well, I know it's actually individual, and you're close, but the exemption today is $12,060,000 each person. Okay. Now, in, you know, just going into the conversation of the fact that things change, you know, whether we like it or not, they're going to change. So there are a lot of very wealthy families that really like these high exemptions because that means if done right, uh, you can pass uh, a family, a husband and wife could pass $24 million to their children with zero tax at death. Not a bad deal. Okay. But things change, right? And of course, a lot of folks don't realize that when the Congress created these huge estate tax exemptions, they put in a sunset clause, you know, and the reason is pretty simple. Mathematically, the United States could not sustain these high exemptions or low tax rates, which you see, that's another change people are not thinking about. They're going to blame it on the new Congress when it was actually the old Congress that established these sunsets. It's like right now we are enjoying very low income tax rates. Well, guess what? The Congress, and this was back in the, you know, we're talking four years ago, uh, Congress, when they lowered the income tax rate, they sunset everything to go back up or for a state tax purpose, come back down in, well, it would be January 1, 2026. So in other words, December 31st, 2025 is when these new or, or the, the uh, current tax exemptions or low tax brackets um, go away. <laughs> So now, what happens? So the estate tax exemption falls from what will be more than $12 million, because it goes up every year, it's indexed, back down to a little over $6 million, which is still a gracious plenty for most of us, because $6 million times two, if you're married, you know, you're over $12 million, which is pretty nice for, I mean, obviously that takes in every middle-class family and people who are what most of us would call pretty darn wealthy. <laughs> okay, so, all right. But the fact is, is that these changes, and of course, the don't uh, you also have to understand that our low tax brackets are going back up in uh, January of 2026 as well, unless Congress changes it again. But, you know, the, the fact is, is that, you know, people talk about, you know, spending, uh, you know, the government spending too much and that sort of thing. 
But the fact is, is that now, um, and the truth is, whether you're Democrat or Republican, fact is, is that every administration, and I try to be pretty darn neutral and objective when, we, when it comes to these kinds of things, is that they all spend, you know, they all spend more than what we've got. You know, they, they, there's, they, we haven't had a balanced budget in over 20 years, which basically means every Congress, Democrat and Republican Congresses, always spend more money than what we've got. In other words, we're borrowing more each year, and I've talked about that before. The only difference is, quite frankly, the, the Democrats and Republicans tend to spend that extra money on different things. But it's not a matter of the Democrats spend too much and the Republicans don't spend money. They do. They all spend. And they none of them uh, actually tax enough. And so it's, it's the, in other words, to have a balanced budget. Hadn't had a balanced budget, and people think this political. It's not. It's actually this was a compromise between the Democrats and the Republicans. But since, since Bill Clinton's administration, that was the last time this country had a balanced budget, and it was a compromise between a Republican Congress and a Democratic president to get uh, a balanced budget. How nice was that? <laughs> okay, so, uh, you know, we're not putting blame on anybody. We're just basically saying the truth of, of what we're really dealing with. So, now, where was I to go <laughs> with this? Change, we're in change all the darn time. And so the fact is, is that uh, the word, and I hadn't even talked about it, the word that's the problem is procrastination. One of the biggest problems we have is because why should we go to a lawyer and have that stuff done today when we can do it tomorrow or next week or next year? You know, life is good. The fact is, is the only thing we know that we know for darn sure is that we're going to pay too much tax and we're going to die. That's all we know, <laughs> okay? The fact is we don't know when bad things are going to happen to us. So that's the reason that you need to plan. Planning is about having things in place when things go wrong. And you know what? It's really hard to do that after the fact. You know, I, I do a webinar on asset protection every month, second Wednesday of every month in the afternoon. And guess what? With asset protection, it's really hard. If I mean, I won't say it's impossible. There are certain things you can do, but it's really hard to do after a calamity, you know, after you're sued. You know, can you still protect your property? Not easily. Very, in other words, you're basically trying to plan with your with being handcuffed. And so the point is, is that the best planning, the one, the kind of plan you want to have for yourself and your family, has to be done in front of and way before a crisis occurs. Well, that's what estate planning is all about. It's not death planning. I mean, that's part of it, but a small part. Most of it is life planning. It's how to deal with crisis. 
and having your choice of person to be able to do what needs to be done when the crisis occurs and with a game plan. That's what planning is all about. And that's what most people don't do. It's, and, and the fact is, most of us don't know what to do in a crisis. And if you don't have the right documents, then you might not be able to get the right documents and then you're planning being handcuffed. You know, with one arm, sometimes your whole body is uh, basically uh, in limbo and you just can't do what needs to be done. You don't, you don't want to be in that situation. You want to have the, your plans executed. You want to be prepared ahead of time. Don't procrastinate. Get ahead of this. You know, As Bill said, you don't want to be dealing with this in a crisis because then your options are really limited. couple options for you. If you haven't had legal documents drawn up, you want to get a hold of Bill. Schedule an appointment to see him. Go to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. Com. From there, you can schedule an appointment, or if you're worried about the prospect of long-term care or interested more in asset protection and trust planning, as Bill said, he does a webinar every, every the second Wednesday of every month. So that's coming up. Wednesday, May 11th is the next date. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, head on over to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. These are free webinars that you can attend. Registration is free. Attendance is free. There's no cost to you. These are highly educational, and you can enjoy them from the comfort of your own home. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. Click on the Seminars button or schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. If you want to call the office, that phone number is 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill by going to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's where you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also learn more about Bill's free webinars that are happening on Wednesday, May 11th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available to you, whether it's through Medicaid or VA benefits, that's a wonderful free opportunity for you to learn. Or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, again, go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we were just having a conversation centered around procrastination but that's not the only problem that we have to deal with well there's there's uh, actually procrastination i think it is the biggest problem but there's a similar concept that affects a lot of folks as well and that you might think it's procrastination but it's really not procrastination but there are folks still not doing what needs to be done, what should be done, you know, no-brainer kind of of things because of another concept that affects 
a bunch of us, and sometimes it affects all of us at times, but it's called decision paralysis. And it's because we don't know what to do. Uh, you know, uh, and, and yes, nobody knows everything. Nobody knows uh, what to do in every situation. Um, it, it's, um, there's an awful lot, you know, you'd, and of course, I talk about this all the time. You don't know what you don't know. And so sometimes the worst thing is what we think we know that we really don't know. Uh, and we talk about the half-truths and all the stuff and all the misinformation that we all have to suffer. But the fact is, is that it can be difficult making decisions. Uh, and oftentimes uh, folks who uh, don't know what to do uh, can't make a decision, and it's called decision paralysis because you know there are options, but you're not sure what your best option is, and and what and so you are trying to uh, dis- decide what your best option is. I I went through the same thing myself, so I'm not you know none of us are perfect. We all have this, and and you know when it, I can tell you exactly what happened to me. You know what it was? What long term care insurance policy to buy? You know, and and quite quite frankly, I started thinking about that um, in my early fifties when I should have purchased a policy, and you know what? I, I waited. It took me five or six years to decide what to do. And I would have been far better. And it was because I wanted to make sure I got the best policy for myself and my wife. And uh, the fact is, I would have been a heck of a lot better off if I had just gone and picked a policy, you know, you know, meaning, <laughs> you know, whichever it was. When I was 50, instead of getting it five or six years later. And so what I'm getting at is that a better decision would have been made with just about any policy if I had gotten it younger. Fortunately for me, I was still healthy later. I was still insurable, uh, and I was able to get it. Uh, you know, today, uh, long-term care insurance should actually be uh, purchased when people are in their 40s or very early 50s, and the longer we wait, the the worse it is. But that was decision paralysis on my part. I had a, a wonderful conversation with a fella uh, just uh, this week, and he had what I call decision paralysis. Uh, he described himself as um, as land rich, cash poor. And that's ex- he was right on target uh, as it, as it related to that. And, and he and his wife were not old enough to draw Social Security, and he, he was already uh, drawing disability. And his wife uh, it was working, uh, but not at a high-paying job. Uh, so they they had adequate income, but just scraping by the the one thing that was going in his favor is that he only had one debt and that was he still has a mortgage on his on his home but he had no money in the bank nothing invested no retirement savings no 
no retirement accounts, basically totally land-rich, cash-poor. And he had to save what little money that he had over and above their expenses to pay the expenses of holding on to all of his real estate. He had inherited a nice home in Robeson County, not the mecca of economic activity there. But the problem was uh, he had a nice home, but it was not, uh, not occupied. He lived in Cumberland County, not Robeson County. And no, he, it wasn't rented. He, um, none of his children wanted to live there. So, and he had inherited it a few years ago, and it's been sitting unoccupied for two or three years. Well, guess what? That's the worst case scenario. It's like you either rent it, and he had never rented property before, so he was reluctant to do that. Okay, I get that. That's not unwise at all. But he hadn't sold it. You know, I guess it was like that emotional attachment, you know, those kind of things. But the fact is, is that real estate and a nice home, you know, Robson County has some really nice areas in it. And this was a nice home, but unoccupied. Well, a house is going to go downhill really, really fast when it's unoccupied. Of course, there is one worse thing, and that's having a bad renter. So it's either decide you're going to be a, a, a own real estate, rental real estate, or sell it. And, of course, guess what? Prices are high right now for real estate anywhere. Uh, even in Robeson County, real estate is better than it is normally. And, of course, Robeson County has gone through economic turmoil more so than a lot of, you know, they had a lot of flooding. They've had uh, some really difficult crisis. Plus, it's not the richest county in the world either. So a lot of issues down there, but still good economic time to sell. Okay. So he has that house to me. And I told him, I said, that's the first thing you should do is sell that home. Find a realtor who can help you. Find the best realtor in the county and uh, and get their advice on what, if any, money to put into it and then get it sold as quickly as you can while the economy is doing really well. And the fact is, is that... Um, uh, to you know, the economy for housing is just like everything else. It goes up and down. So we have highs, we have lows. And as anybody trying to buy a house right now is, we're in those highs right now. It's a great time to sell, terrible time to buy. So to me, it was a no-brainer. But he needed somebody to tell him that, somebody he could trust, Somebody And, of course, for me, it was a matter of getting him to the right professional in Robeson County, not, you know, uh, and, and so that it could be sold at a good price. Then the same, he had a farm in South Carolina. Uh, and, and, of course, developers are looking for 100-acre farms, and that's what he had, and, and in a, a, a pretty nice area. So, again, it was like, what are you waiting for? This is the time. Uh, yes, you have to pay tax. Uh, you could do a tax-free exchange, but you don't want to rent property, so a tax-free exchange probably not a good idea. But you do have to uh, 
you know, if you're going to sell property, you have to establish, at least for me, what I tell folks is you got to have a safety bucket before you invest a nickel. What's a safety bucket? It's a, a pile of money that you have in the bank that's not going to make anything because banks don't give you enough money to, you know, you're losing money with anything in the bank. And that's okay because you need that bank account, but what's it for? It's so that you don't have to dip into your investments when the market is down, which it is right now, of course. So, But you never want to put your money into, um, other than maybe a retirement account, you don't want to put it in the stock market uh, until you have a safety bucket. And for most families, that safety bucket needs to be at least $50,000. Why? Because something bad happens every year. I mean, and it's not our fault necessarily. It might be a health care issue. It might be a car repair. It might be a new car. It might be a new roof. It might be a new HVAC. But, you know, the fact is, is you can be an optimist all you want, but the fact is that something bad's going to happen to your family or your house or your car virtually every year. I mean, none of us live uh, the idyllic life where everything is perfect and nothing goes wrong. I mean, it always goes wrong. And <laughs> sometimes it's our fault and sometimes, and more often than not, it's just what it is. Uh, it's not necessarily our fault at all. But the fact is we have to plan for it. And uh, so safety bucket is really, really important. And then once you have your safety bucket, then you get into some good investment opportunities um, and the like. So the bottom line is, the fact is when you don't know what to do, that's when you talk to somebody that, that is knowledgeable and someone that you, that you feel like you can trust their advice. And so it was my pleasure to be able to, to just tell this fellow what he needed because the fact is real estate that's, that's non-income producing, which everything he had, non-income producing, was not doing him any good at all, and it was dragging him down. But he wasn't sure what to do. Uh, I think he knows what to do now because he's had what I call no-brainer advice on basically what he needed for himself and his wife uh, and eventually his children uh, because the fact is is that even though he has to pay some capital gains tax when he sells these properties, it's still in his best interest. You can't let the tax tail wag the dog. And the fact that you have to pay income tax when you sell property is okay. It's limited. It's capped at 20%. Uh, you know, so that uh, for capital gains tax. So it's the fact is, is that sometimes you have to understand that the best thing that you possibly can do for yourself is actually to sell and pay the tax, even when you don't want to pay tax. <laughs> Just making the decision or speaking with an expert to help you help provide you with information so that you can better make a decision it really goes a long way so don't fall into these traps of procrastination or decision paralysis speak to a professional that can help you and guide you in making your decisions and if that pertains to estate planning 
anything related to elder law, then you need to go ahead and get a hold of Bill. You can do that by going to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. From there, you can easily book an appointment to speak with Bill, or you can also register for Bill's free webinars. You can do that by going to WGALaw.com and clicking on the Seminars button at the top of the page. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available to you through Medicaid or VA benefits, that's a wonderful opportunity for you. Or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, it's another opportunity for you happening on Wednesday, May 11th. These are free webinars. It's free to attend, free to register. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, I, I love doing these programs with you because, you know, outside, of course, of learning about asset protection, every now and then you, you provide us, I know you have a little bit of a teaching background, you provide us with a little lesson, whether it's civics or history, and sometimes it may even be math. Uh, no question. And of course, one of the things, one of the big things that has been changed, uh, you know, tax-wise, yeah, and we can blame Congress for this. They, Congress decided that they did not like stretch IRAs for our children. And so they changed the law called the SECURE Act. Again, this was done about four years ago, where we no longer can uh, leave our children IRAs that can be taken over their lifetime. Congress changed the law under the SECURE Act so that children uh, inherited what we call inherited IRAs. Now, this does not apply to a spouse, and it doesn't apply to a disabled child. Uh, And there are a couple other exceptions as well, like a a sibling that's close in age. But uh, in terms of leaving our retirement accounts to our children, they are now required to take all of their money out of that retirement account. This is so that Congress gets the tax revenue from it, of course, within 10 years of our death. Now, if you do it, uh, that basically means that uh, folks will have 11 tax years in which to take all of whatever you leave them in an IRA. So, of course, there are lots of planning options in terms of, obviously, if you're trying to um, assist your children and or your sil- children are in a much higher tax bracket than you are, then that's uh, sometimes Roth conversions can be a real blessing for your children. You're paying the tax for them at a much, much lower rate than what they would pay when they inherit because they have to take it all out at once or not at once, but over 10 or 11 uh, years. And so there are some strategies that obviously help. Some people will take uh, 
uh, uh, retirement account distributions and convert it to life insurance. Obviously, that's really nice for the children. <laughs> so, and sometimes, um, you know, for those folks who are in high, you know, high tax brackets and they're worried about estate tax and things like that, converting uh, retirement accounts over a period of years to life insurance is another way that you can solve a lot of different tax problems. So that's one option that a lot of folks don't even think about. Uh, because they don't think about life insurance in that way. But it can be used uh, as a planning vehicle depending on people's circumstances. Well, there's another piece of the pie that complicates it. Now, this is math, and, you know, so we started that. And her name is Irma. And Irma affects any of us who are on uh, Medicare. And so basically when most, the majority of us, when we turn 65, we're forced into Medicare, whether we like it or not. There are a few exceptions out there. But if we're on Medicare, then if we have good income, we have the potential for Irma to show her face and charge us more money. So if we're in, in an individual and we're making more than $114,000 a year, then Irma is going to double our Medicare premium. Well, our Medicare premium is $170.10. So you double it, that's $340 per person. Uh, so if you're married and your joint income is $228 plus uh, together, then guess what? Uh, you've got, I mean, it's not just an extra. Uh, 170. It's an extra 340 because you got you both you and your your spouse are going to be paying that extra premium. Well, Irma's can really um, change your situation. So it's something that you have to to look at. But the bottom line is is that uh, an Irma can cost you an extra 3200 dollars a year, or if you're in the next bracket. Uh, it, I mean, if you're married, that's $6,528. Or if you're, in, and if you're married and you're into the next bracket, it's almost $9,000 more that you're paying for Medicare. For the same thing that everybody else is paying $170 for per month, you're, you're paying, uh, you know, $374 or $408 a month or even more than that. And so Irma's pretty bad. But here's the tricky part. It is the earnings that you make two years before you turn 65. So it's, it's your income in the year you are 63 that applies to your Medicare premium the year you turn 65. So, you know, and now, why might that make a difference? Well, if you're going to have a large capital gain, in other words, you're going to sell a big farm and, and make a million dollars on it, guess what? Irma's standing there to collect those extra Medicare premiums. And, you know, if you have a big capital gain, it's going to cost you almost $10,000 for you and your wife in extra premiums for Medicare. So a lot of folks don't realize that Irma's sitting there in the corner 
ready to get your money simply because you've had a nice capital gain that's added to your... Uh, and, of course, the same thing is true because a lot of times the folks who are inheriting these IRAs are in their 50s or 60s. And so how you take your <clears throat> your IRA distribution can do the very same thing to you and push you into an IRMA bracket where you're you're basically paying more money for the same Medicare coverage. And so most folks have never heard of IRMA, but she's a horrible lady that's sitting in the corner to take your money away from you. Again, that's why it's so important to plan and make sure that you're getting good advice on your planning as well. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, go to WGALaw.com or call the office, 919-256-7000. That's online at WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, last week we spent a lot of time talking about tax savings, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about tax deductions. Well, I have very little time, but, but this is something I've talked about, and I do talk to my clients about this. But the fact is most of us take the standard deduction. But there is one time a bad time, crisis time, when uh, itemized deductions can save us a lot of money. And that is if if we're in a long-term care crisis, we haven't done Medicaid planning and we're paying big bills for assisted living or nursing care because, you know, people can spend fifty dollars to $100,000 pretty easily. And guess what? A lot of folks don't think about using their retirement account when they have these big expenses. And quite frankly, that's an opportunity to take pre-tax money and pay little to no tax on it because of these huge deductions. Now, yes, you need a letter from your doctor to put in your tax papers and that sort of thing. But the fact is is that when, you, when you're spending a gob of money uh, on long-term care, which of course is uninsured, using your retirement account to pay for that care when you have this huge medical deduction can uh, be a huge tax savings um, to your family in a time of crisis when you're, you know, when you're trying to figure out how to pay these bills using a retirement account rather than after-tax investment money uh, is typically a, a very good idea that people don't think about. The financial hit of a long-term care crisis can be catastrophic, so take advantage of any savings that you can have. This is why it's so important that you speak with an elder law attorney. Get a hold of Bill by going to wgalaw.com or register to attend his free webinars. Go to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button to learn more. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander and we'll be right back. 
This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. If you need to get a hold of an elder law attorney, Bill's a wonderful option for you. Go to WGALaw.com. From there, you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can also learn more about Bill's free webinars. They're just around the corner. Wednesday, May 11th is your next opportunity. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available to you, financial assistance that could be available to you dealing with a long-term care crisis, go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button, or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, same place, WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button. These are free for you to attend, free to register, a wonderful educational opportunity for you. As we talked about today, don't put it off. Don't be a procrastinator. Make this uh, the next item that you check off your list. Go to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. We got to get out of here. We're out of time for today. We hope you will join us again next weekend. Thanks so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend.